Loudspeaker Studios. Welcome to the Hangover Liberation Society, the podcast about the many upsides of living a zero-proof lifestyle. Today, we are going to talk about the skin we're in. When I was little, I heard that the skin was the largest organ. Erin, did you ever hear that? I sure did, and it shocked me when I first heard that, but it's pretty cool. I think a lot of people who drink heavily are aware that their drinking impacts their skin, but at least for me, I never really understood why, so it's been sort of interesting to dig into that this week. What did you notice about your skin situation when you were drinking? Well, one general thing is after I had been sober, I pulled out my license when I had to get it renewed when I was five years sober, four or five years sober. And I definitely looked younger in my 10-year-old picture. So that was a very noticeable thing. And it had to do with my skin. My skin looked more, more moist. We don't like the word moist, do we? (laughs) My skin looked just more alive and fresh. And I had kind of a grayish hue in the past, I feel. Well, interesting that you use those words because your skin literally was more alive in that second picture for reasons that we'll talk about a little bit later. And I do want to say right from the beginning that even though we're talking about appearance, I don't want to trade in discussions of health and beauty standards that equate health with morality or that assume that you can tell anything about a person's health by looking at them because that's often not the case. And a lot of our health and beauty standards do have their roots in really racist and misogynistic systems. And we're not saying like, if you have bad skin, you're automatically unhealthy or that we should judge people for their health in any way, shape or form, including their health related to substance use disorders. But it's also true that we, most of us at least, want to look and feel our best. And if we're able to improve our appearance and feel better, then our confidence goes up and that helps a lot with other areas of our lives. So both of those things are true. And I just wanted to mention that right from the beginning. It's very true. And the skin really represents the beauty from the inside out. If your health is deteriorating on the inside from things that you are doing to yourself, drinking, it's shown on the outside. It almost inevitably is shown. Your skin actually might get worse temporarily if you quit drinking, but that's only because it's recalibrating from all the damage that's being done. And ultimately, removing alcohol from your body will improve your skin. That's a a guarantee. Not necessarily saying, oh, you're going to have like model perfect, beautiful skin, but there will be an improvement. So skin is an organ and can be an outward indicator of what is going on on the inside. The negative effects of alcohol use on the skin are actually much more wide reaching than I understood. So I'm interested to hear your perspective and your experience, Erin, as I kind of plow through this. I'm excited to learn some of these things right now because I may have experienced them, but I didn't necessarily know what was going on. Yeah, I feel that way a lot when I learn about the effects of quitting alcohol and I realize, or or of drinking alcohol and I realize, oh, that's what that's what that was. That's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, we know alcohol is a toxin. And it has zero nutritional value. People like to talk about the health benefits of wine, but we also know those health benefits can be gotten from drinking grape juice or eating pomegranates or all kinds of other things. So the idea that we're any in any way benefiting ourselves nutritionally by drinking is complete bullshit. 
It obviously contributes to poorer liver function. No surprises there. It reduces our immunity, disrupts our hormones, damages our cells, and causes insulin issues. And all of these impact the quality, appearance, and the aging process of your skin. And the, the source on this is a doctor named Sonia Dakar. And I will put the link in the show notes from an interesting article that she was quoted in about what happens to your skin when you quit drinking. So the why of this was really interesting to me because I was definitely aware that all of those things were at play, but I didn't totally understand how that functions within the body. So alcohol is metabolized by an enzyme in the liver. And that enzyme releases a byproduct called, let's see if I can pronounce this, acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde? Mm. Have you ever heard of that? I have not, but it sounds like formaldehyde. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. This byproduct is toxic to body tissues, as one might imagine. And this is the root cause of premature aging. And it also contributes, and this is related, to massively dehydrated skin, which is the root of the acne that drinkers often experience. So for people who may, might be having some adult acne issues, What's going on there is that basically you're sucking all of the water out of the skin cells in your face and body. And as a result, the body is freaking out and overproducing oil to try to balance out the hydration in the skin. And that's what's causing the acne. I will share when I was drinking, I had severe splits on the bottoms of my feet, dry oh. split feet things. And they would come and go, but when they were there, they were so awful and no dermatologist or cream or anything would fix them. And I just thought of those now because I haven't had those since I've been sober. Well, there you go. Yeah. The skin obviously covers the whole body except for a few little openings here and there and the bottoms of the feet need to be hydrated as well. And obviously that was taking a toll. Alcohol also inflames body tissues and releases a histamine that dilates the blood's capillaries. And so that is why when people drink, they get that red flush in their skin. And if you are engaged in heavy drinking over a period of years, that redness becomes permanent because those, in some cases, those capillaries will break, which is where you get the stereotype of the, like the old lush who has the red nose, which is... A picture I think we could all fairly easily conjure in our minds. As if that wasn't bad enough, this, this just keeps getting worse and worse, y'all. So if you're ever waiting for like, but the good news is there is no good news until you, <laughs> until you stop. stop exactly. Um, it also dilates your pores. And that is, again, something that contributes to acne, cystic acne, blackheads, whiteheads, etc., so not only is your skin dehydrated, but your pores are collecting all kinds of dirt that they wouldn't otherwise. Lovely. I know. It's a mm. really pretty picture that we're painting here. And on top of that, chronic dehydration disrupts your sleep. And sleep is when your body really has the optimal opportunity to regenerate your cells. So if you're not sleeping well, your body doesn't have that opportunity. Your cell regeneration is also disrupted which leads to the overall unhealthy and dull complexion or that gray pallor that you mentioned earlier, Erin. Wow. And that's AKA beauty sleep. It actually is true. It's true. That's actually a really good point. Beauty sleep is real. 
So your body enters detox about an hour after you stop drinking, which is why, um, I mean, Aaron, you can speak to this. When you were physically addicted to alcohol, how long would you say it was until you started experiencing symptoms? At the end there, probably a few hours. I would wake up in the middle of the night or after passing out. It wasn't really sleep necessarily and need to drink and then go back to sleep. So that would that cycle would, I think the longest I could go without experiencing severe withdrawals or any withdrawals was probably four hours. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because it only takes an hour after you stop drinking for the body to notice like, oh, hey, we don't have the steady stream anymore. And that's when it starts to work overtime in its attempt to recover you. And that's when the liver and the pancreas kick into gear and start really detoxing you as heavily as and as fast as possible. So within a few hours after that, then if you're addicted, your body's going to be like, oh, no, like we don't have we don't have the substance in us anymore and start to really send you those major distress signals. So it's like because your body is in distress that you end up in more distress is essentially the cycle there. Yes. It's a real feeling of you are fucked either way. Yeah. Excuse my French. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll, we'll put an a, a <laughs> explicit label on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes about a full week after you stop drinking for your skin to regain full hydration, which I found really, really shocking. Like I just assumed like, okay, I got drunk on Friday drink a lot of Gatorade on Saturday by Sunday, like I'm fully hydrated again. And that is not the case. Uh, your skin takes seven days to actually like gain back the hydration that it needs to function properly. And this is what I was saying earlier about your skin will actually get worse before it gets better. Your pores during that time may start to purge, which means that once they are getting more liquid, basically, and not being dilated as much, they're, you're going to see more breakouts because your skin is trying to like clean itself, essentially. That detox happens at the, at the cellular level in your skin as well, and it's attempting to recalibrate and balance itself out. So that recalibration can really wreak havoc with your skin during that time because it doesn't really know what is going on. It's been like in this sort of cycle of abuse for so long. So you just have to sort of bear that out because ultimately it will recalibrate if you just don't go back to the routine of drinking. And it's not until about a month after you stop that you'll see any kind of noticeable improvement. So that that's not instant gratification, right? And I think that's part of why we wanted to do this episode is people... I think might have the expectation like, oh, I stopped drinking and like I immediately my skin started glowing, but your skin is actually reflecting a lot of healing that has to go on on the inside and at the cellular level in order to really show any kind of noticeable improvement. It may not be instant gratification, but it is long lasting. So that's something you can take and run with for, you know, if this is going to encourage you to stop drinking for your skin. I mean, there's so many reasons to stop drinking, but mm -hmm. looking better is certainly something I think everybody, even if they don't want to admit it, you know, you want to put your best face forward. Exactly. And it isn't until about a year after you stop drinking that you will see dramatic changes. And that's how long it takes the liver to significantly repair itself and return to full strength as the major detoxifier of your body. I also think that's a really sobering, excuse the pun, bit of information that it takes that long for the liver to repair itself. And I mean, Erin, you're really the liver expert on this team. Do you want to just talk a little bit about what you learned when you were 
going through uh, liver disease? Yes. And I will probably do a full episode on this, but my liver was very damaged. I had, it's called bilirubin. It's basically where the toxins are running around in your bloodstream. It was so high and that makes the eyes yellow. That was 25. It's supposed to be 0.5. My ASL, all these liver enzymes were extremely elevated. And the thing is though, it became back to normal, I'd say under a year, but I was taking a lot of supplements to help my healing process. I mean, let's see, when I was in treatment and after, I had, I think, 20 different vitamins, minerals, this stuff called lactulose that flushes you out, all of these, I'd say medicines, but it was just vitamins, but really high concentrations of them that helped my healing along. So even though I think for me, it was under a year, Without all the supplements, it might have been a little bit longer. But the thing is, it heals, which is freaking amazing because it was basically shot and then it healed as long as you don't go so far to where the liver gets scarred too much with the actual cirrhosis. Then you're really living with liver disease for your life where you have to deal with the symptoms of the liver disease. And that's a scary thing to live with. So you know, get your liver enzymes tested. Don't let it scare you. Just do it and it will heal. If they say they're high, they'll heal. So just get it tested so you can, you know, keep your, keep one foot in front of the other on that. A plug for getting that test because it is very reassuring. And we will do, like Aaron said, we'll do a whole episode on that another time. But I mean, this is all so, so related because the liver is the main detoxifier of your body. And so if that organ is not functioning, then all the other organs, including the skin, will suffer as a result. Of course, another thing that is relevant here is that the food we eat when we're drinking tends to be pretty low quality. We gravitate to a lot of carbs and a lot of unhealthy fats. And so again, we don't want to get into a good food, bad food morality conversation here, but I also think that different kinds of food affect how we feel and they also affect the way that our skin looks and behaves. And so I, for example, no, I, I don't have celiac, but I do have a pretty significant wheat intolerance. And when I eat wheat, my face breaks out and it's very itchy. And so I have to, you know, when I was drinking, I just basically like lived with that because I could not live without things like pizza, French toast, grilled cheese sandwiches, because I needed those carbs and I needed that grease constantly to like soak up what I thought of as soaking up the alcohol in my body. And of course, so my diet was, you know, I never really craved vegetables or anything that was nutritionally good for me. So not only was I taking up a lot of my calories with alcohol, which as we talked about has no nutritional value, but then the food that I would choose to eat while I was drinking or when I was hungover, which was a lot of the time, really didn't have a lot of nutritional quality either. So, you know, my, my skin bones, immunity, hair, nails, all of that suffered as a result. And when I was at the more sick stage of this, this is something I'm just recalling now, my hair was thinning so extreme. When my liver was very sick, yeah, my skin was grayish and yellowish, but my hair, I was losing hair. So, you know, it really controls everything. So obviously, as we said, there are so many reasons to stop drinking other than the quality of your skin. But I do think that sometimes 
it's hard for us to think holistically about our lives, our bodies, our spirits. That's a lot of variables to process. And especially if we know deep down that we quote unquote should be doing something that's, you know, human behavior being what it is, that's not a very motivating reason for a lot of us. Knowing that we should do something doesn't really equate with the likelihood that we will do it. And the reason that we even bother to talk about the skin, even though it seems a little bit superficial, is that focus on one area and a place that we want to benefit ourselves, that can have benefits in, in multiple areas. And so what really drove this home for me was a conversation that I had with one of our students in the Hangover Liberation Society program. And she was having a lot of trouble with the transition between work and after work. Like that was kind of her witching hour when she always wanted to drink wine. But she noticed that one particular week she did not drink wine. And I asked her what was different. And she said, oh, I got a tattoo on Friday and I really wanted my skin to be as healthy and hydrated as possible. Really wanted to take care of my body so that my tattoo would go well and heal well. And now that it's healing, like I don't want to drink because I don't want to mess up the healing on my arm. So I asked her a little bit more about that. And I was, I said, well, it's interesting to me that you are so focused on the skin in one area of your body and really wanting to take care of that and wanting it to be healthy and heal and, you know, be hydrated and, and look good. Do you think that you could mentally extend that care and that grace and that love to the rest of your body? And that was really eye-opening for her. She just kind of sat there for a moment and thought, oh, I guess that's right. It was a revelation for her that she was able to stop drinking wine when she was focused on keeping this one part of her body healthy, but that she did not extend that love or courtesy to any of the rest of her body in, you know, instinctually or naturally. And so that was a, kind of a, a door opening for her. So I wanted to share that because I feel like skin can be a way to do that. It's the part of us that we see and interact with the most. We can start to find reasons to love and care for the skin we're in and feel better about it. Maybe that care and love can extend to the rest of the body, the inside of the body and the rest of our lives as well. This week's big sober energy tip is skin related and it is the suggestion to go through your makeup bag and trash anything that you might have used to cover up or modify the effects of drinking. And I realize that not everyone can afford to just throw out all their makeup and buy new makeup. So if that's the case for you, maybe think about doing it piece by piece by piece. But energetically, I really do think that there is something to clearing out anything that you associate with that time in your life. Like for me, it was, I would have, well, like I mentioned, I would have these terrible breakouts from just eating food that I was allergic to because I was hungover and didn't care. And so I had all of these like nasty concealers that just reminded me of trying to like cover up the rash, cover up the eye bags. And it felt really good to throw those away and just start with fresh makeup, that I had never used when I was drinking, that I only used to enhance my beauty and not to try to like cover up the damage that I was doing to myself. I have a, a friend named Jocelyn Harvey who wrote an, an awesome book called Recovering the Home. And she brings that same philosophy to, to really the whole 
the whole home. Like if you have clothes that you wore a lot when you were going out and getting trash, maybe think about moving those along, just removing the things that remind you of that time that hold the energy of that time, get rid of them. So since today is skin day, I'm going to really focus on that for makeup and you can bring new makeup into your life and really enchant that makeup to make it work for you, have it make you feel like the most beautiful version of yourself rather than trying to cover up the worst version of yourself, which really was what was happening for me when I was drinking. We are going to do just a short movement breathing sequence. And this is going to be a modification of the Pilates hundreds but we're just gonna be sitting and breathing in kind of a specific way that will help feel, help us feel invigorated and perhaps bring a slight glow to your skin. So if you could just find a comfortable position, say seated, you can stand or lie down if you want to, but I'm seated, so I'm just gonna speak as if we're seated. Let's sit up tall yet comfortable. So you're not forcing it, but you're just sitting in a nice, good posture for your own body okay we are going i'm going to count to five as we inhale and five as we exhale on the inhale we're going to do it through the nose letting our bellies expand on the exhale we're going to go out the mouth as we feel a contraction of the pelvic floor and the belly kind of pull in a bit so just go with it and do the best you can as we inhale for one two three four five exhale out the mouth and ten we're going to keep going in two three four five exhale two three four twenty inhale let it all relax and exhale a little bit of engaging again thirty inhale two three four five exhale two three four forty inhale two three four five exhale two three four fifty good two three five exhale two three, four, 60. Inhale, two, three, five. Exhale, two, three, four, 70. Try to relax the neck and the shoulders as well. Five. Exhale, two, three, four, 80. Inhale, two, three, four, five. Exhale, two, three, four, 90. On this last one, four, five. Let's exhale all the air out, 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 out. And you can just relax out of that. All right. So, that's done a little differently than in a classical class setting, but hopefully that gave you a little pick-me-up for your day. I love that. A little fresh oxygenated blood flowing to the whole body, including your face and your skin. Yay. Thank you all so much for joining us for the Hangover Liberation Society. Please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast and sharing it with anyone in your life who might be sober or sober curious. Thanks again for joining us. And here's to you and your liberation. Cheers. Bye-bye. The Hangover Liberation Society is a production of Feminist Hot Dog and Loudspeaker. This has been a listener-supported production of Loudspeaker Studios. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.org.